today I want to talk about flea training. Flea, F-L-E-A, that is an insect. The title of the podcast is How to Train Your Flea or How to Control Others. Have you ever trained a flea? Probably not, I imagine, but I want you to know it is a simple process. All you do is you place a flea or a flock of fleas I'm not sure if flock is the right word, but you place a flock of fleas in a mason jar, a glass jar, and you tighten the lid. Next, you leave the fleas in the jar for about three days. After the three-day time limit, you remove the mason jar lid, and what you will have is a trained flea. It will never come out of the jar. Never. Should you have more than one flea in the jar, and if they are of the opposite sex, their offspring will never come out of the jar as well. The entire family of fleas have been trained. Though there is no lid to hinder the fleas, they will be in permanent captivity. I heard this illustration many years ago, but never went to the source of all knowledge, the internet, to verify it. My lack of due diligence, however, did not stop me from using it as an illustration in counseling. It sounded plausible. And I didn't want the truth to interfere with a good example. Why should truth interfere with sound preaching or sound counseling? Then I thought about putting my trained flea illustration in print. Here we have it. An article is now on the website, so I figured I better Google this thing to make sure it's a true story. Now, in this article, I have a one-minute video, and it should inspire you and inform you regarding the art of flea training. Yes, I do. I have a video here on YouTube about training fleas, and you're free to use this illustration anytime you want to, especially when it comes to the care of others. Now, what happens is when you put the fleas in the jar and put the lid on, these fleas elevate. They, they try to come out of the jar, and they keep hitting their little flea heads over the bottom of the lid at the top of the jar. And after a while, they'll stop hitting their heads on the lid, and they will, they will keep rising up, but they will come just short of the ceiling, just short of the lid, and they will just bounce up and down inside the jar, never hitting the lid. That's why you can take the lid off. If you take the lid off, they have been trained. They will never come out. And that is the point that I want to make here when it comes to people who have controlled others. I don't want to talk about in this podcast those who control others, but I want to talk about those who are being controlled, or that has been their narrative. That has been their historical narrative, that they have been abused, they have been hurt, they have been manipulated so much and so often by other people that now they are living a lesser life than what God is calling them to live. They are truly not free by the gospel, even though they may have been born again. Welcome to the podcast. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, and the name of this podcast and the article, if you do want to read it, is it's over 2,000 words on our podcast, I mean on our website, and I also have 
in, in addition to the YouTube video about flea training, I have two equipping videos as well. They're 10 minutes, about 10 minutes in length. One is on fear of man and the other one's on self-reliance. And I'll make that clear in a moment as to why I have these videos embedded in this article. And then I have four more articles because this is such a significant abuse. It just is such a significant problem that I wanted to give you a lot of resources here in this article. So you can listen to this podcast. You can read the article. You can watch the two videos and you can read the other supplemental content that I have linked here. And it will help you uh, with this significant problem that we have in our families and in our churches. I'm talking about abuse in all forms. Before I get into the remainder of this, I do want to say thank you to several people. Daniel, thank you for subscribing to our ministry at $10 a month. Mark, $5 a month. Thank you. Dean, thank you also for $5 a month, as well as Pamela. Allison, thank you for $50 recurring annually, a yearly membership. Thank you so much. And the same for Diane at $50 a month. Fred at five. Christy, $75 recurring membership. Doug, $20 monthly recurring. And then Linda, a $50 recurring membership as well. Thank all of you for who have come in recently and are supporting this ministry. I have a, hopefully a short-term goal. I hope it's not out there too far in the future. What I want to do is I want to release all of our content, everything on our website. I want to release it to where it's not a membership site anymore. But in order for that to happen, there, there has to be people like the folks that I just read to you that are underwriting the ministry. And, and I want our site not to be a supporting member site in that there is a dichotomy. There's content that's free and there's content behind a paywall. I want to release it all, but because this is a full-time job, I can't work another job and produce and do what I do ministry-wise. It's just not possible. So we need people supporting the ministry. And these folks that I just mentioned here, thank you so much uh, for supporting us and I pray that more will do that. We don't quite hit our budget every month, but we get by, and we do have several people that are supporting the ministry, and I'm grateful. So for those of you who can and want to, I would appeal to you to support because, again, my goal is to release all of this content. I want to release it all. One of the things that would help is if local churches would take us on on a monthly basis. If some of you pastors, if your churches could take us on monthly or annually, that would be fantastic. And then business owners who can support. As we're moving toward the end of the year, this is also a great time for donating. We are a 501c nonprofit organization. But again, my hopefully short-term goal here is to release all of our content with the exception of our private forums because our members do like our private forums. But as far as webinars and everything else, I want to release it, and but we can only do that as you support us. So thank you for all of you who do support this ministry and value it as a means of grace to the body of Christ. The podcast, the article here, How to Train Your Flea or How to Control Others. I want to introduce four people to you, Mabel, Biff, Buster, and Marge. Mabel lived with a 
discouraging and critical dad during her childhood years. Though she has left the mason, mason jar of her childhood, she is still a trained flea. She craves approval, which has led her to several lousy relationship choices. Biff's dad was similar to Mabel's dad as far as being overbearing. His dad was a self-sufficient perfectionist who demanded the best from his children. Today, Biff is a passive perfectionist who is afraid to take a risk. He can maintain his perfection by never doing anything, and it drives his wife nuts. He is a trained flea as well. Buster, on the other hand, is a driven, omnicompetent man. His passive father reared him, and his mother was a nitpicking nag. Buster made a pact with himself as a child to never be like his dad and never come under the thumb of a woman. He's a trained flea, too. Marge's dad left the family when she was nine years old. She did not know how to respond to the men in her life and lived in fear that people would reject her like her dad did, which is how she interpreted it when he left her when she was nine. She's 27 years old now and obsesses about her appearance. She craves to be significant around the opposite sex. She, too, is a trained flea. All three of the, all four of these people have been manipulated and controlled in the illustrations that I've given you it is their parents. And I think to one degree or another, we're all trained fleas. Our fallenness places all of us in the jar with the lid screwed shut. For different reasons, we have succumbed to the control of other people. Mabel, Biff, Buster, and Marge are representative of all of us. Their stories may be different from each other, and their stories may be different from ours, but the effect is the same. We've been to flea training school and are overly controlled by people's opinion. We're not free fleas. And the irony is there is no lid on the jar of the Christian. Christ came to set us free, and we are free indeed, as he said in John 8:36. And even though Jesus unscrewed the lid of our Adamic fallenness it, that was on our lives, we still live as though there is a lid on our lives. Now, if you are helping to free a flea, here are a few questions that you should discern about the individual. There is similarity in the questions, but the redundancy is important to make sure that we are understanding what is going on with the individual. One of the questions that you want to ask to a person who is insecure and into, into bondage because they have been manipulated so much, so often, and controlled for so long is what happened to the flea? What happened to the person? How did she or he get this way? Why is she controlled? Why does she allow others to control her? There is a significant breakdown of the gospel in her life or his life, and you want to delve into that and to find out why they are not coming out of the mason jar, even though the lid has been removed by the power of the gospel. 
And though you can respond to the questions that I just asked you in different ways, I do think the answers run along the lines of a person's desire to be loved, desire to be accepted, or, or reverse that and say a desire not to be rejected. These desires dominate the thinking, and it's part of what it means to be human. We want people to love us and to accept us, but sometimes because of things that have happened to us, we are so manipulated that these desires are blown out of proportion, and they become all-controlling, and they dominate us. In some cases, like Mabel, she has learned by the process of being repeatedly hit in the head by the lid not to get hit anymore. To be hit in the head is to be hurt. Not getting hurt means living a life that is less than what she wants. She's now ducking through life because she's hit the lid so many times or the lid has hit her. The hitting in the head typically means she lives in a conditional love relationship. I will love you if you do such and such. And she has learned that from her dad. Too many children are hit by their parents' conditional love. And in time, these children learn how to duck so they don't experience the pain of of the hit again. The hitting is most often unkind words from a parent, harshness, criticalness, withholding affection, lack of parental repentance when they do something wrong, when the parents do something wrong. Impatience is also another one. These are some of the means that will train a flea by creating a ducking effect, trying to keep from being hit by the lid. This ducking process binds the child's mind. Paul called it a stronghold in the memory in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. This fortress captures the mind and keeps her from enjoying the freedom God has called her to possess. To fear being hit becomes a comfortable mindset in a weird kind of way. If someone repeatedly criticized, mocked, made fun of, put down, or were frustrated with me, it would not take long for me to begin ducking to keep from being hit. Though an adult in this type of negative environment may tell the verbal abuser to go jump in the lake, a child does not have this luxury, not until she becomes a teenager. Of course, that is too late. By the time she is a teenager, her flea training is in full effect. Even though she may get away from her abuser, she is still captive There is a stronghold already erected in her mind, and it will influence all of her relationships, her relationship decisions for the rest of her life. For example, she will think she is free by getting a boyfriend. She will say something like, he loves me. She will feel a form of care and affection that she has craved, craved from her dad, craved from some other significant authority relationship, she won't discern how her flea training controls her cravings. What she believes to be free is false idolatry. She won't realize how she is in bondage to her craving even after this relationship goes bankrupt. She'll be devastated. She'll be confused and angry, but not able to see the truth about her heart. 
She may even conclude she does not know how to pick men, or all men are horrible. There is some truth to the horribleness of men, but all men are not horrible. She becomes a distant critic of the male population. All the while, the shaping influences of her young life still hold her in captivity by controlling her relationship decisions. According to my illustration that I just gave you, the solution is not just taking the lid off the jar. As I said, the lid came off the jar when she left her controlling, manipulating, angry, abusive father. Removing the ceiling does not free the flea. For women like Mabel or Marge being out of the home, which eliminates the lid problem, still does not remove the bondage. There is a high chance they will pass their fears on to their children, as well as living them out in their own relationships. It's imperative they understand this problem. A change in venue is not the solution. Now, they need to change venues, but that is not the total solution. It is a good start, but it's not all they need. The bondage is in their minds, not in their context, primarily, spiritually speaking. We know this to be true because the typically trained flea will have slept with many men or had many boyfriends or been married more than once or has a dysfunctional marriage and is still enslaved to people pleasing. She may have left her daddy, but the damage is residual. There will be other common themes in her life that will be vital information if you want to help her to be set free. I want to give you a few of these things that you will need to bring to her attention and she will need to respond to if she wants emancipation from the flea training, even though she has been out of the jar for maybe even decades. The first thing is about her identity. What happened to her will consume her. Her past narrative will be what she talks about or thinks about the most. Her story, her past story, is her identity, which will be how she perceives herself. If you ask her, she will talk about what happened and how she's always afraid or anxious or discouraged. Some women who have had an abortion, for example, won't talk about it, but it is what controls their thinking. It's important that you understand that. Just be, I mean, they may talk about what happened to them in the past, but they may not talk about it, but yet it still, in, it still controls their thinking. So you have to discern this, intuit this, perceive this about them. You want to see where is the focus of their identity in the story that happened to them, in their fallenness or because of someone else's fallenness, or is their identity in Christ? Number two, the gospel. She will talk less about and be less affected by what Christ has done to her. The gospel, the work of Christ, will be more theoretical than practical. She may be a Christian, but Christ and his work, the gospel, the person and work of Christ, is not what dominates her thinking So there will be an identity problem. There will be a gospel application problem. And, of course, this will lead to a change problem. Her wrong identity and a muted gospel will keep her from seeing the hidden idolatries of her heart. 
which will keep her in a frustrated state. She may present having it all together. That may be how you will see her, but it's a self-reliant facade that hides her weakness. I do have a, web, I do have a webinar on our website on self-reliance. I have a 10-minute video of that webinar here in this podcast, and I would encourage you to uh, watch the video if you can. If you struggle as a trained flea, you can find all the material you need to work through this problem on our website. And her wrong identity and her muted gospel, it will keep her from seeing these things. Her identity confusion and gospel impotence will keep her from changing And she needs somebody to come alongside her. Now, in addition to this video on self-reliance, I have another video here on the fear of man. And I would encourage you, if you're working with someone like that, to show them this video. Or if you are a trained flea and you have been so manipulated, maybe you are in a bad marriage, you probably would not believe the number of people that come to us who are in difficult marriages, particularly women who have been abused by the men in their lives, their husbands. And so I would encourage you, if you are that person, the lid has been screwed shut and you've hit your head so many times that you stopped hitting your head and you are a lesser person than what God wants you to be and is calling you to be and has freed you to be by the power of the gospel. Fear of man cripples you. And if that is true, start by watching this video. Please watch this short video on the fear of man. It will give you some good ideas and some handles. I have an article here also. One of the most popular articles on our website is on the fear of man. I would encourage you to read that article. It's linked here inside this one. And then again, as I said, I have this video on self-reliance. Sometimes that is the facade that we present ourselves to be, but underneath this omni-confident facade that we present to the world, well, we're fearful people full of shame and guilt. We also have private forums on our website that you can go and talk uh, we have biblically-based counseling if you want to meet with one of our counselors. And I would also encourage you, I have a link here to Mark Grant's book called Identity Crisis. And you can read that book. It will be very helpful to you if you would read it. He did a wonderful work, and it has helped many people already. If you are working with someone who struggles with these problems, we would love to come alongside you as you help them. For perspective, perspective's sake, it takes a lifetime to work through these issues. And truthfully, none of us will be completely free from flea training until we meet Jesus. But you can mature through this problem. You can gain victory, but it will always be a struggle because we live in Adamic bodies. But we do not have to live under that struggle to where we're characterized by discouragement and fear and anxiety and worry There's more power in the gospel than that. The three most significant prohibitions to overcoming identity and fear of man problems are, one, personal deception regarding the real problem, two, an unwillingness to adequately address the real issue, and three, competent friends to walk a person through the real problems. These three inhibitors will keep the flea in bondage. 
To get to know such a person to help her will be a challenge. See, here's the issue. At some point, at some level, to some degree, you will have to bring correction to this person. You'll need to call them to change. The corrections and the observations you make and the adjustments that you want to bring in their life, it will have a feel of what she fears the most, which is personal criticism, being manipulated, being abused, because she's hit her head so many times. And though you are not criticizing her, it will be difficult for her to unhook from her past and interpret your care biblically. She has only one interpretive grid. It's like caring for someone with a sunburn. You have to put the lotion on her skin, but to touch her is to hurt her. To help an insecure person is is to compassionately, carefully, competently correct her, which you can feel the tension in all of this. It's imperative. She senses, she experiences, she understands your care. You'll have to be patient with her as you walk her through her heart idolatries, as you walk her through the bad training that she has received through the manipulations that people have placed on her. The challenge for you will be how you stay out of the ditches of compromising the truth while not coming across harsh or impatient. And I think the danger for most of us will be coming across harsh or impatient. You'll need to maintain a spirit-led balance of courageous and grace-filled compassion. You'll have to explore with her what is going on in her heart. She needs to see how the shaping influences that motivate her desires for human relationship control her thinking. This envisioning should not be hard to do if you understand the problem and you are willing to be patient with her. But please know it will take time. Your goal is to lead her to Christ, the gospel, and be clear on this objective. I'm not saying she's unsaved. I'm just saying the power of the gospel has not truly released her from the bondage that's residual, even though she may have been freed from the the jar many years ago. The gospel is the only person who can set her free, and she needs to understand how the sole opinion that should control her life is his opinion, Jesus' opinion, God's opinion of her. It's his opinion of her. His opinion of her is nothing but love, acceptance, and approval. The only kind of relationships she probably knows are conditional ones. Her dad loved her when she met his expectations. Her boyfriends liked her when she gave them sex. Her children loved her when they got what they wanted. Christ is a radical departure from anything she has ever experienced. And though she can intellectually sign off on this kind of gospel teaching, she'll say, yes, that amen, I get it. She'll not understand it as far as applying it to her day-to-day functional life. The truth is we're all working to learn how to live out the gospel in our daily lives functionally. Though we are all in process, imagine for a moment with me how a person who has never known anything but conditional relationships will struggle with practically applying the gospel to her life. For whatever reason and however it happened, She was placed in that mason jar and the lid was screwed shut and she trained herself. She was trained not to hit her head. And so she ducks from harshness. She ducks from unkindness. 
She doesn't come close to any kind of meanness or criticism, and she's looking for love and approval and acceptance, and she doesn't want to be rejected because it's a, it's a pain that takes her back to her story. And you are the person that's standing between her and Christ, modeling Christ for her, teaching her the new way of Christ, being patient, compassionately, and competently, and carefully walking her through this identity crisis that she's in, the struggle with fear of man, and how to bring the gospel to bear practically in her life so she can truly, for freedom, Christ has set us free, as Paul said in Galatians. And you are the person that gets to help her. The title of this podcast is How to Train Your Flea or How to Control Others. I have a lot of information here, and it will help you to get untrained and to be trained by the gospel. If you're in this kind of bondage and have been for a long time, or if you are training someone or discipling someone like this, let us know how we can help. Go to rickthomas.net, jump on our forums and ask your questions. If you're not a supporting member, we have public forums for you. It's free. There's no cost. It is underwritten by all these people that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. They are paying for that. And so use the forums and ask your question. If you are a supporting member, go to our private forums and ask your question there. And it would be a pleasure to walk with you, to walk through this, to try to help you as you are helping others. I'm so glad you listened to the podcast. Thanks so much, and have a blessed day. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.